got your Bibles, John chapter 4. I want to start with verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard, Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed against into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give to me, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which is which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Everybody say living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou living water? Skip over to verse 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem it is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what? We know what we worship, for the salvation is of the Jews. I want to preach this morning what heaven is searching for. If you would, lift your hands one more time and ask God to talk to us. Jesus, I thank you for your presence that's here this morning. I ask you for the anointing of God to flow from your word. Let it arrest every human spirit. God, let it send the enemy running. And let the people of God be encouraged and strengthened, God, by heaven's search party that is in this place here today. I pray in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Media have John 4 and 1 for me. We're going to go through these verses piece by piece. What heaven is searching for. The, the, the beginning and verse of this, how it starts, is Jesus pretty much stirred everybody up. Contrary to much of our Nowadays teaching, therefore the Lord knew of the Pharisees and heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Next verse. <clears throat> Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Next verse. He left Judea. Basically Jesus came into this situation stirring everything up. Contrary to what uh, much is taught and preached about today. And I do believe that he is the uh, perfection or the, the full maturity of love. But Jesus is also another, uh, an apostolic agitator. Jesus knew how to agitate some things and stir some things up. And like he only did best, he came in. It's not so much that he purposefully provoked, but truth has a way of just stirring some things up. We're in an hour now, we don't like the truth. Not us as believers, we want the truth, but yet we, nobody wants us, do I really look good today? No, you look horrible. We don't want the truth. I'm trying to reel you in from the very beginning because I got a word from God this morning. 
We don't like the truth that comes and says, hey, God forbid if your wife ever asks you, does my hair look good? Just lie. You ain't never heard a preacher tell you to do that. Then repent. Because if you tell her no, oh my God, you're late for church. <laughs> it's over. We don't like the truth. We don't want that, that honest part. Jesus came in. He was the bearer of truth. He just showed up and he stirred everything up. He stirred up the Pharisees and Sadducees. He stirred up people that, that had been stuck in tradition and mold. He just stirred everybody up just by the simple fact of declaring what's right. Folks, we're in an hour now that we're battling against the pulpit and, and we're battling to find men of God that will declare just what's right. Because it's so much easier just to kind of coddle and just say everything's going to be okay. Yeah, it will with Jesus. But without Jesus, no, everything's not going to be alright. Aren't you thankful that you've got a church? That you've got a group of believers? That we're part of something that's hungry for the same thing? I want to know what's right. I want to know what pleases God according to His Word. I don't want to know opinion. I don't want to know a principle. I want to know what the Word of God says because I've got a family that's got to be saved. And Jesus just stirred everything up. And watch what he did. He left. He left. Because he knew, sister Georgia, until they're ready to receive what I got, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm going to somebody that's going to be hungry. And God's looking to and fro in the earth right now for churches that are hungry. He's looking for individuals that are hungry. He's looking for mamas and daddies that are hungry. He's looking for grandmas that have said, I'm going to be resilient against everything that's saying no. Is there any mamas and daddies that says, I'm ready to be resilient. I'm ready to fight for my kids like I've never fought before. God's searching right now for somebody that's in a great need. Heaven is looking for need. Heaven is searching for need. He's looking for somebody that's got a need. We make looking for God so hard and trying to find God. And, and, and where's God in my equation? I'll tell you where he is. If you've got a need, heaven's looking for you. If you've got need in your family, heaven's going to do a detour, Brother Darrell. Proverbially, metaphorically, heaven's going to take another route to try to somehow and get to where you are. Because when there's a group that won't receive what God has, he's going to take a detour and find a group that wants what God has. We're living in an hour that there's a group of believers that are rising up saying, God, I've got a need and I don't know what to do. I've got a need and I don't know where to turn. You're in a place for setup that heaven's going to come to where you are. Such a challenge. Think maybe if I, this is where many times in the church we get all the lights and the bells and the whistles thinking that's going to attract God. Who was it the other day? I just heard a quote. I don't know if it was at men's conference or somewhere else. The leading charismatic churches right now, 90% I forget who told it to me. It might have been you, somebody. 
said 90% of the people that's coming to their churches is move-ins, it's not new growth. I don't know where I heard that, somebody, maybe another presbytery I talked to, I'm thinking of a couple of them off the top of my head, I ain't sure. They said 90%, they heard the quote is, 90% it's all moving, it's not new growth. So in other words, all the bells and all the whistles and all the things that we can try to do, that don't attract God anymore. It's going to attract the crowd, but you know what, like old Jeff Arnold said, Amway's got a crowd. The circus has got a crowd. Burton Coliseum's got a crowd. I'm not looking for a crowd. I'm looking for a group of people that says I got a need. And wherever the need is, God's going to come down and satisfy the needing of the heart and the longing of the heart. I'm looking for need. Heaven is looking for need. And so is Jesus looking for the need. And heaven, him, he came in there and stirred everything up. He stirred up the religious folk. He stirred up people, Sister Claudia, that couldn't even, they didn't even know they could be stirred up. He stirred them up. And Jesus leaves. This is what just amazes me. He left over need. Come on, stay with me right now. He left over need. Here's what that's telling me, Brother Bush, now. God's going to visit truth. Moments, families. God visits a family. God visits you with truth. God's going to visit you here. But if there's not a need for that truth and an acknowledgement of that need, he's just going to move on. He's going to move to another place where there's need because you see, it's kind of like the law of God. It's like he's attracted to the need. And where I, now watch me, I'm going to bring it down to where we are. And I wasn't going to go down this road, but it preaches real good. Revelation talks about the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea was full and fat and full of goods. We got everything we need. We don't need him. But you show me where there's somebody that needs God. Tears begin to roll down their cheek. Their hands, on, it's almost like an automatic reaction. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. They began to speak up. Why? Because need has a way of doing something in here that we're in North America now and we don't need. We got the best doctors. We got the best psychologists. We got the best governors. We got the best presidents. We got the best. I'm trying to reel some of you in. We got the best congressmen. We got the best senators. We got the best of all this stuff, right? We don't need anything. That's the mindset that's in God. And we got a group of young people that's coming up saying, we got everything we need. And God's trying to say, you don't understand. I'll make a detour. He said, i tell you what I'm going to do. Heaven is searching for somebody for need. It doesn't matter how great the need is. It doesn't matter how far away from God you are. If you've got need, then heaven is going to turn from wherever he was going and come to where you are. God is looking for a church, a people. Don't matter how lost you are, how backslidden you are. If you can express need, I'll prove it to you. Next verse. And Jesus leaves those ones that are opposing truth. He leaves them and says, I'm done with you. I'm not going to give you something you don't want. And what does it say? And he must needs. He's saying, 
I need to do something because there's a need calling me. I almost titled this heaven's need, but that would be so. Heaven don't have need of really any. Well, God don't have need of anything. Heaven's got need of worshipers. And that's what this is. People, I just come to church and say, no, 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 no. You're in a, you're in a, 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 pre, a, 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 what would you call a rehearsal. This is a rehearsal. And everything you and I do is for when I get over yonder. If I worship now, I'm going to worship there. If I don't worship here, you ain't going to worship there. <laughs> because when I get there, Brother Fano, one of my jobs is I got to yoke up with an angel. And Job said it like this, for they sang Rana. They sang songs together. When I get to heaven, I'm going to yoke with an angel. And I'm going to sing together with that angel. When I get to heaven, it ain't just going to be dancing and shouting. But it's going to be singing praise unto him. If I can't get through the praise group now, I'm probably not going to make it then. If I can't praise him now, there's a pretty good chance. Oh, son, I could meddle right there. I could dig just a little bit. But everything's safe. No, don't. Let's keep it positive this morning. Because here's the element. There's needs represented all across this building. And God's saying, I'm ready to move on your need and do something that you've asked me to do. See, here's the thing about this. Geographically, he was going from Judea to Galilee. Brother Darrell, he did not have to go to Samaria. That, that was the normal. The normal route would have been, but he didn't. He bypasses and goes out of the way. See, because culture said this, don't go to Samaria. Culture said the Samaritans were half Assyrians and they were half Jews. They were half breeds. And the Jews hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans hated the Jews. And they, they're going to be saved. They hated one another. And Jesus says, I'm going to defy custom." I'm going to defy tradition and I'm going to the need of a little lady that's in Samaria that everybody else has given up on and said, no, I don't talk to her. Jesus, he said, I, I must need, there's a need in Samaria and I'm going to go against, see, when you and I have got a need, it don't matter what your last name is. It don't matter how much money you got in the bank. It don't matter who your mom and daddy is. It don't matter what custom says. It don't matter what church tradition says. Wherever there's a need, if you and I will come before him and say, God, I'm that need and I need you, then there's a miracle that God's ready to give somebody. situation where the priest, the preacher, the doctors, the psychologists, nobody want to touch it. There's a lady in Samaria and Jesus detours. I, I can't help but think at that time, I, I wish scripture, this is the only account. I, I, where were, I know the disciple, look what Jesus had to do. Next verse. He comes to Samaria, Sychar, 
Sychar was a, uh, it just, it was a good place. And, and Jacob's well was there. And, and so much history and religious uh, acts were taking place there. But look at the place it's become. It speaks of places where the Holy Ghost once moved for you and I. But yet now don't move there no more. Places that are dead, that are plucked up. That where there was once great holy encounters. Now there's no holy encounter. That's Sychar. And what does Jesus say? There's a need. I think back of Azusa Street in 1906. And the power of God that moved us so many times. That brought us this great truth. And I look at, I think of Oberlin. My grandfather preached the camp meetings there. The French camp meetings. A church of 200 was once there. Think of these places where the power of God once thrived and flourished and many people were there. And now you go and there's just a small number. We can look at it and go, oh my God, it's over and it's finished. Or we can look at it like a sidecar and say, there were visitations by God there. That ground is hallowed. There's something special there. You know what we're just saying? God, there's a need. You were once there and you're ti- it's time for you to visit it again. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice? You remember back in the day, great visitations. You remember back in the day of visitation and a transformation. You and I are in a position now that God would visit us again. Because the need of the hour. People are tired of just coming to church. And not experiencing a change. You can get a sermon on the internet now. People are ready to have an encounter with God. What this story is speaking of is an encounter that she's about to have. That she didn't even expect. But her need called out to the heavenlies. It's like today. How many needs are represented in the building? And here's what I'm trying to tell you. Your need has sent signals into the heavenlies. And heaven is looking all over the land for an individual or a body, a people, a group of people, a family, a marriage, a home. And that signal is going off into the heaven. I'm in need. I'm in need. You and I need to lift our eyes and lift our head because heaven is about to pay you and I a visitation like we have never seen before. You say, Benoit, that sounds all right. You're trying to hype me up. No, I'm not. I'm trying to stir the faith in you to realize, folks, we're in the end time. Things are not going to get any better. And it's time for you and I to realize if I've got a need then heaven's on my side if I've got a need for God then God's going to move for you and I and here's a holy place or place that was once visited this was Jacob's well Joseph I could take this in 50 directions right here Jacob and Joseph Joseph speaking of forgiveness Jacob's well speaking of the the, the bountiful abundance of God's presence. And now what's there is no more but division and hate and anger. Folks, does it not sound like our country? Does it not sound like North America? In God we trust. Pull out your dollar bill. That's where this thing started. In God we trust. And now we're a country divided. We're families divided. We're homes divided. And I'm giving you a message today that says we're in the greatest place of need than we've ever been in before. Greatest 
of the old camp meeting days, the power of God moved. If we've ever needed it, we need it now. If we've ever needed church services that are electric in the spirit, it's now. That it doesn't become us that this is just a once visited place by God. I wonder if all the needs that we're facing here today is nothing more than God allowed to happen. God allowed sickness to come. God led division to come. God, God allowed all these things to come. Sure, it could have been because of sin, and some of it could have not been because of sin. Regardless, God allowed it. But it, could it be that God's allowing it to create what he so hungers for? Need? Think about a married couple. You men, what's the greatest thing that you could ever... Feel from your family. Come on, somebody. Needed. It's what puts wind in yourself to know she needs me. How many of you said it? Oh, God, don't, don't you go first. Come on, you ladies. Come on, husband, don't you go first. I want to go first because I need you. The greatest thing you could ever is I need the same thing we say to God. The greatest thing that he has as our heavenly father is, I want to feel needed. And in this hour, Sister Georgia, stuff has caused him to not feel as needed. Next verse. Jacob's well was there. Jesus being weary with his journey. Here's what I love about it. In his humanity, Jesus got tired. Here's what I propose to you here today. Jesus in his humanity, both divinity and humanity, Sister Bushnell, but in his humanity, the dual nature, could his weariness not literally be the journey because according to the time and all this kind of stuff I'm going to get to, it talks about the six hour. It was noon. You don't get tired till six o'clock in the afternoon. What's up with Jesus tired at noon? You're not going to get tired till six. That's when you kick your shoes off, get, 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 get the newspaper and kick the dog and hopefully supper's coming. Right? He's tired at noon from a journey that was really short. Could it be he was weary in his flesh, typifying the weariness he had with flesh? I'm tired trying to get a message through the flesh. All I need is somebody to say, I need you, God. That's all he's, he's not asking for you to do a cartwheel, Brother Roger. Yes, he's wanting praise and worship. That's demanded and commanded. But in that, God, I need you. That's it. Not, 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 not a long dissertation of scripture. There's a point in place for that. But sometimes you get to a point. It's just, God, I need you. <laughs> and Jesus is weary, Sister Cat, with a journey. I don't understand how he was so tired from something so short. But in this end time, the ministry of the word is going to grow weary with dealing with the flesh. And burnout's going to happen quicker. Health is going to go faster. 
Jesus is giving us a picture. So he comes and it's noon, it's lunchtime. Nobody is coming to the well. The women come at 6 in the morning and they come at 6 at night. They don't come at noon. It's the heat of the day. Now get the picture on this. He's out of custom. He's out of tradition. He's out of his own. His people hate Samaria. They hate it. It would be kind of like, who's the the big hate things now? I don't know, help me. Somebody, what's a hate? What's a big hate movement right now? Huh? Yeah, that's me and her. It hates That's what Jesus is saying. You know what? I'm going to go where you hate. And I'm going to show you what need does to heaven. I hate my life. I hate this. I hate hate the way things have turned out. You know where you are? In a perfect position to get a visitation from heaven. Our nation's in a perfect position. To get a visitation from God like never before. Forget the, I get the principalities and powers. Yeah, we're fighting that. We deal with that as a church. But what about just the humanity that's dealing with stuff? We're more angry now than we've ever been before. And Jesus says, I tell you what. I'm weary with this journey that I'm having to deal with. And he goes at noon when it's hot. And he knows, ain't nobody going to be at that well. But see, in God's heaven, was picking up a signal. There's a little lady that's got great need down in Samaria. And I'm fixing to pay her a visit. Because her need is greater than all the traditions and cultures and customs of that land. Next verse, watch what happens. There come a woman to draw water. Jesus said, give me the drink. Next verse. And his disciples are going away. Look what Jesus did. He sees the need, but he sent away his faithful disciples. He went at a time. Now, I'm going to put this in paraphrasing. This was the church, these disciples. They were the only faithful few he had. And you know what he did? He put the church away. To do a work that they would not understand. And there's a work that God's doing outside these four walls in people's lives. That even you and I don't understand. But we got to remember wherever the need is. Heaven is looking down on the need. Where are we at now in the need? We got drug addiction rampant. We got alcohol addiction rampant. We got people. Our young people are being brought up in a society that says that's okay and that's normal. It's okay to have a few beers just as long as you don't get sloppy drunk. It's okay to have a few drinks and that's going to be about all I do. But it's okay that's as long as that's about as far as you go. It's okay to just have a little glass of wine here and there because it does good for the heart. Folks, we're battling up against a mindset that says, heaven, we don't need you. 
And many of our, our struggles and things that you and I face on a day-to-day -day basis is things that you and I didn't ask for. It's things that we're just a part of because we're in the culture. And the hope for the church is this. Even though they couldn't accept it at that moment, they later came back and he taught them a powerful lesson of what heaven is really looking for. And that's a worshiper that says, God, I realize I can't do this on my own. I can't make it on my own. I can't make a good husband, a good father. I can't make a good this or that without God helping me in whatever I do. Folks, there's an hour now that God is living demanding of you and I an expression of need unto him see God loves coming in in the chaos he loves coming in in the mess that's what he did in the beginning in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void the word void means nothing is barren it was empty, void. And what, 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 what does God say in the creation days? Here's what he's saying. It was empty and I was looking for a place that I could fill it. And God's looking today in this hour. Where can I go and fill an empty vessel? But as long as I'm full of my own control or my own ability or my own talent or my own smarts or education or opinion or principle or family tradition or family culture, then I'm full. But if I can empty myself out through worship and repentance and praise and serving God with all of my heart, if I can empty myself out, Kevin's looking for anybody that there's a void in. Is there anybody under the, other than this? preacher I've got a void in my life I've got a void in issues of my life and I need God to come is there anybody other than me that feels empty sometimes I got the Holy Ghost yeah it's the earnest gift but sometimes I find myself brother Roger saying I need I need more of the Holy Ghost. I need more of God's Spirit. I need more of His wisdom. Because I'll be honest, I don't know what to do. The end time is upon us like never before. And the way we've always had church is good and it's got us to where we are. But I can see a quick change in the Spirit. That if we don't shift gears and begin to realize, God, our need is greater than the darkness that's coming upon us. And I need you to come. I feel faith moving in here for somebody right now because you're looking at impossibilities. You're looking at things that are impossible. And I'm here to declare to you, you're in a perfect position for God to pay you a visit like he's never done before. And now's the time for me to lift my head, lift my eyes and say, God, I'm empty right now. My faith is depleted. My Hope has been depleted. My dreams have been depleted. But I still am here declaring I need you. He had to send them away to go buy food. And he shows up at the well. And this little lady comes. And he said, woman of Samaria. She looks at him. How is it thou? And see... I'm trying to paint the picture best I can. She cannot fathom how in the world 
are you here? And here's the battle you and I face on a day-to-day basis. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you, God. I don't deserve you doing this miracle for me, God. And that's a good position because it realizes my inferiority, my lack thereof. So she starts off on the right track. What is it that you would ask me? I'm not worth nothing. I don't deserve this. And you, a Jew, who hates my people, and we hate you. But you still are asking me for something? Here's what just baffles my mind, Sister April. What was she doing at the well at noon? What was she doing there? All the other ladies came in the morning and they come in the evening. She comes at the most inopportune time. Speaks of the shame, the ostracization, the isolation of her sin. Later, Jesus gets into it and he gets her to get honest. But here, Jesus just likes having a good old conversation with her and trying to put her heart at rest. I, I, you know, I wish Brother Bush at that moment Jesus would have come in with a parade and said, Hey, I'm here just for you. But he didn't. He let the need speak before he declared his purpose. Somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. You've got a great need and you're looking for God to give you the purpose by which you're going through it or what's going to happen in the end. You need to just let the need that's in you speak and let Him reveal the purpose as the need is expressed to Him. We want the purpose before the need. Watch, this is what we do to church. God fix me, God heal me, God take care of this. God save so and so, God take care. And we go down the list. Really all God was wanting is us to say, God, I'm in need today. (laughs) And I lift my hands, I lift my voice, I lift myself to you as a vessel. (laughs) I've heard many teach this. The reason we lift our hands, there's a whole theological dissertation on it, but let me just give it real simple to you. When I lift my hands, Brother Daryl, I look at it like a funnel. And the more I hold it up, the more he can pour in. The less I lift my hands and the less... You say, well, you're so stupid. That don't make any sense. I don't know why we would do anything like that. Listen, folks, I'm desperate. I need everything I can give God right now. If he tells me to bounce around on one leg, God, I'll bounce around because I'm a vessel that needs God more than the breath that's in my body. My breath don't mean anything to me. But the breath that God's given me, I want to give him my best in prayer, my best in servitude, my best in worship. Why? Because the need is greater than my problem. The need for God is greater than my dilemma and my crisis. She comes with the need and she don't even know why. She don't even know why he's there. You ask me, which is woman of Samaria, he has no dealings with Samaria. He has no dealings with the women. For him to talk to a woman was like, what's our word for? Like you just talked to a leper. And Jesus says, I detoured 
because of need. And I come against every custom and tradition because that need defies all of that. Doesn't matter if he was, she was a woman. Doesn't matter if she was a man. Doesn't matter if it was the greatest sinner of all. It shows you how much God looks at need in you and I. God, I, I need a miracle in my family. Well, I really don't know a lot about truth. Maybe you don't even have the Holy Ghost. You know what? God still comes where there's a need and faith. For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Next verse. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said unto thee, Give me drink. Thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. You know what living water means? Not stale. You know what it means? Fresh. You know what Jesus was telling her? It's time for a fresh start, baby. And God's going to visit our church in this end time hour with a fresh start. Not a new doctrine. It's still Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and a man's got to talk in tongues as a sign that you got it and live a holy and separate life. That will never change. But I'll tell you what God's going to do to those people that hold that truth so precious and holds that truth dear to the heart. There's coming a new start to the church. There's coming a new direction to the church. There's coming an element to the church that we've never... I'm talking about an abounding grace where sin doth abound. There's coming abounding grace to the body And to people that are tired And that are weary There's a freshness coming To our living for God And our prayer again There's a freshness coming He said you don't even know Who it is you're talking to It's so bad It's almost like Christmas time brother Darrell Why didn't he say right there I came because you're the need but he didn't, Sister Juanita. You know what he did? He talked like this. Give me drink. If you would have only known who I am. Why does he do that, Sister Sandra? Here's why. Because he's waiting on you and my response. He could have come and said, like today, I'm here to heal your heart completely. And you're going to live 85 more years. God forbid, <laughs> I don't want to live that long. Listen, he caught me out today. I'm happy. But your heart's going to be healed. God don't do that. God's here today to meet somebody's need. But he's not going to tell you through the preaching, baby, I'm here to meet the need. But that personal encounter is not going to happen, Mackenzie, until you say, Until you have dialogue with him. Zoop. And here Jesus is. And he's having dialogue. And he's saying, I'm ready to give you something fresh. That you ain't never had before. I'm ready to do something in your life. That no tradition can do. No denomination can do. Even no church stationary can do. Only Jesus can do the work for your need. Next verse. And I'm about to close. Musicians come. And the woman said unto him, Sir, here it is. 
And here's what we do. What you doing coming to a well with no bucket? That'd be like me going deer hunting, Brother Savon, and going, I'm going hunting, but I ain't got no gun. Come on. I'm just going to, hmm, look real hard. The deer just going to play dead. No. You better have a Smith & Wesson or Winchester or something that's going to plug that thing. Or you just, or you just basically go into the zoo. You don't bring something for the occasion. He's speaking and she is having this dialogue and she's like, what are you doing at a well? I want to say, I wish I could say what Jesus would think. I'm here for you, Dodo. I'm here for you, lady. Quit trying to figure out the bucket. Quit trying to figure out how. Quit trying to figure out the well's 100 feet deep. It don't matter. When Jesus shows up, the bucket don't matter. The well depth don't matter. How many people around don't matter. Nothing matters, Sister Helen, but one thing. Did I get the need met? And he said, she goes, well, it's deep. And from whence then hast thou? What? You know what she just said? This well ain't so fresh. It works. But it ain't so fresh. Next verse. And watch. Are you greater? Now here's what she does. She starts bringing in the religious folk. And she says, are you greater than our, our? What's this? We, King of Sakura. They know we. You got a mouse in your pocket? They know we. You ain't of me and I ain't of you. She said, we, our father. She's trying to get spiritual when she's had five husbands and an adultery night. Don't you ever get tired of people trying to act spiritual? They ain't no more spiritual than a man in the moon. Come on, somebody. She's trying to act spiritual. But even the need, Sister Claudia, the need goes beyond her fake spirituality. I mean, this story hits everything. Sin, fake spirituality, religiosity, excuses. It hits everything. And Jesus just goes, boom, get out of that way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I'm coming straight for you. It don't matter what my excuse is, Brother Daryl. It don't matter what I may be going through, Sister Hell. It doesn't matter what I got in my mind, in my heart, what I'm facing. The need causes heaven to come where I am and push every distraction out of the way that God can come meet my need. She gets all spiritual and drink. You have the next verse. I'm going to go quick now. Jesus sends and said, Whosoever drinketh this world shall never thirst again. Next verse. Now watch. Here it is. Watch. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But watch. The water that I give him shall be a what? Here's what he just said. You're sitting on the well today and we're having a conversation and you're telling me all the reasons why I cannot do what you need me to do. But he said, now let me flip the coin here. This ain't about a natural well. This ain't about Jacob's well. This ain't about how many times you've come to God and never got your miracle and never saw the things of God manifested in your life. Here's what it's about. It's about there's a need in your heart. There's a need in your spirit. And when you drink of this water, watch. Him shall be a 
well. He didn't say water again. In other words, Sister Sandra, once I drink, I can leave and get thirsty and got to come back. Here's what Jesus is saying. When you get me and I fulfill the need inside of you, you don't just get the water. You get the well inside of you. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you didn't just get a spirit. You got the spirit of the Almighty God living in you. That at any given moment out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You're a walking well. You're a walking well. When you get the Holy Ghost, that's why it amazes me why people wouldn't want the Holy Ghost. Because we're facing things in this world today. I cannot afford just giving somebody a cup of water. But if the well of the Holy Ghost is in me, there's a river that flows out of me. And it continues. That's why you and I can walk on the street or go to Walmart or Market Bucket or wherever it is. And there's a well flowing out of you of God's Spirit that's meeting the need. God's wanting to put a well in somebody today. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to meet your need. We come to church because God's here to meet our need. And he don't want to just meet it for one Sunday, Brother Roger. And then you go about and have to fight all kind of chaos. He's saying if you come today and you got a need, I got something that will forever satisfy you every day of your life. It's a well of my spirit. you let me I won't just give you a sip I'll put the well in you and that's going to flow out and it will spring into everlasting life go to the next verse quickly I'm going to go fast fast the woman said sir give me this water I cannot thirst come near to draw next verse Jesus said go call my husband and here it was before the well could be put in her he said go get your hubby and next verse she says I ain't got none Jesus said, yep, you're right. I'm glad you told me the truth. We make honesty with God so hard. Just say it. Because she got honest, Sister Juanita, in that moment. Next verse. Thou hast five husbands. Whom thou not have is not thy husband. Isn't that true? Isn't that you've been truthful? The woman said unto her, sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Now she's starting to feel this. Something's happening now between her and him. That's just more than just a monologue and a dialogue. My father's worshiping this mountain. He's saying Jerusalem is a place for men all to worship. She says, hey, what's all this about all this mountain? Why are we all fighting? Next verse. He said, woman, believe me, the hour coming when you all are going to worship together. There's coming a unifying of the Gentile and the Jew. You say, here today, what, what's all that got to do with where we are? The need of a visitation of God that she got brought unity to an area. Hope somebody's hearing me in the Holy Ghost. Church family, hear me. I'm preaching our church family. If we get this well inside of us moving perpetually, it not only is going to bring unity in your home, it's going to bring unity in our community. It's going to be unity in our state. And we're all going to be able to worship one God. Stand with me. Presented all across this house today. And this makes it real easy. Real easy. 
Because if I had to ask individually, there shouldn't be one person from the back to the front that doesn't have a need. Say, well, I don't have a, maybe, I don't need a healing. I don't need my kids this. They're all great and saved. And here's the thing. Every day, I need God. So there's need in here, no matter who you and I are. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to grab the hand to the person next to you. And I want you to step out of that pew together as a family. Let's come to the front. And we're going to stretch our hands to the heavens together as a family. Because need is represented in this building today. Need is represented in this building today. And heaven is searching for that need. And by your acknowledgement of God, I need you today. God will begin to respond. Lift your hands, lift your voice right now. And let God meet the need. Come on, all you got to do is say, God, I need you. Maybe it's a relationship with Him. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe you need the Holy Ghost. Repent. Do like Satan. God, I feel you with my sins. God, I feel you with the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's just some saying of God that you just need strength in your body, your mind. Maybe your finances are in trouble. You need God right now. The purpose of God is contingent on you and I acknowledging my need to Him.